Shut your damn mouth. Is that original Scream or Scream 2? It's Scream 2, strangely. They didn't even have Scream 1. It wasn't even an option, but Scream 2 <laughs> is an option. <laughs> Maybe I can get the rights to Sarah Michelle Gellar's face or Drew Barrymore's. I was looking for the Sarah Michelle Gellar version because there's there's a version of this T-shirt where Sarah Michelle Gellar is on here, but not this one. This one has Jada Pinkett instead, so still good. But I wanted the Sarah Michelle. Okay, I'm just gonna make them then, and I'm gonna send it. Now, well, now I want one. I was like, well, I'm very picky about the design, so I think I'm gonna make this like glorious ode to to scream to Nev. Yeah, to Nev Campbell. Like, I mean. Sydney Prescott is not my fave, my favorite character, I should say. But okay. like, there was so many. There's just so many others. Do you know what? Mm, she was my favorite. Who am I kidding? I can't. I can't deny. I am. Oh, oh sorry. I, I just. Uh, what are we doing our um, next episode on? Mm. <laughs> should be rank the Scream films? Are any of them Marvel adjacent? Halle Berry played Catwoman. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle a Halle Berry tier list. Catwoman <laughs> and fucking Gothica and like just X-Men oh. 3 with that oh, soccer mom haircut. Um, oh god. Uh, what about... Well, there's only four Scream films. That's kind of hard to to do a tier list off of. You need like, like eight something, like around eight things to rank. Um, uh, let's think. Let me see. Let me search the tiered list uh, and see if anyone has made anything recently. Um, I wonder if you can roll like a random. What about the X Men films? Ooh, okay. I'm looking at Tier Maker right now. Yeah. Um. Oh, I don't know how to do this though. Like, um. Somebody already made the list. Do I just send you the link? Yes. Yeah, okay. drop it in chat. I'll open it up and then I'll share. Um, but we have to make haste a little bit, though. I can't yes. totally. That's fine. We'll be quick about it. Get in, get out. I just don't know if you can grab off that link I sent you, though. They look like they're stuck in their, their things, but maybe you know better. Uh, okay, yeah. Here we go. Oh, yeah, this is somebody else's. I want to create. Oh, uh, OK. Here you go. Create your own ranking. Aha, OK. Let me just share screen with you. I can't Oops, believe yeah. we haven't done this yet. Me too, actually. It's kind of weird. Hmm. OK, so share screen. Let me know if you got it. The last one took like 10 seconds, so I'm going to wait. <laughs> okay. Look at the tears. It's like ridiculous. Give to Disney because they're horrible. <laughs> Ooh, this tier list maker. Let's see. It's all connected to at Neor Demon. She's a shady bitch. So we've decided to give to you. A gift. Yes, a, a total gift. Uh, we're just going to use a, a tiered list that someone else has made. Thank you at N-E-O-R-D uh, for creating this little list for us. We're just going to jump right into it because Baby doesn't have a lot of time. 
uh, babies don't have a lot of time. And uh, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack with these films. So we're just going to like get right into it. Welcome to the full volume podcast. I am G.I. Joe Lee. And I am Harvey Brent. <clears throat> and there's going to be a lot of tears today. So shall we? We like talking to you about garbage. And so we're going to, oh, I'm going to switch my, uh, my speakers there. So we're going to talk to you today about the Fox X-Men films. And we're going to do a little tier list ranking those as we wait for Hawkeye to come out next week. Um, there's, there's a lot of feelings here. There's a lot of people that hate these X-Men films. There's a lot of people that hate some of these X-Men films. There's a lot of people that love all of these X-Men films. Um, if you fall in that last category, you are canceled. Um, because some of these are horrible. Granted, there are a few bad ones, or a few good ones, I mean. There's there's some that I like. Um, but in general, the Fox universe will not be kindly remembered. Um, it will be remembered for taking the best part of the X-Men films, the heart and soul, and 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 or the comics, rather, and just kind of making it fit their budget, making it fit their backstage politics, making it fit their... Um, patriarchal, heterosexual, male fantasy rescue, um, rescue fantasy. So mm -hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot going on, a lot that I don't like, a lot that I do like, um, but let's unpack it and see where these X-Men films fall. Okay, cool. I'm going to take out some of these tiers because that there's just <laughs> too much room for error. Way too um, much room for error. Yeah. Cause no, like these, this, that, is, this is, yeah. Yeah. This is good. Okay. Okay, yeah, so you, you, you got the list. You got the list there. Well, number one, coming out in 2000, the X-Men film that started it all, X-Men. Is it this one here? Yeah. Yes, that's the one. So <gasps> okay. we have to, okay, as much as I, I hate some of these movies, there's some that I, I'm trying to give these a fair shake, and I'm sure you would agree. Um, mm -hmm. X-Men had the dubious task of, of being basically the second major comic book film i mean i guess you can make the argument that the michael keaton batman films were um you know um maybe the first step into serious comic book films and then blade came out in the mid 90s and then x-men came out in 2000 and this was like probably the first real attempt at a superhero film this is what it gets right the casting is on point mm -hmm. the casting is good we got professor x we have patrick stewart playing professor x we have Ian McCallum playing Magneto, Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine in a role that should not have worked, but it worked. And that is the most monkey paw of situations because it was a great <laughs> success, but it also spawned such Wolverine-centric X-Men films going forward that it really was a detriment to the films. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Um, <clears throat> the story is actually not too bad, uh, given, oh. you know, um, this film really is about, uh, you know, humans versus mutants, the us versus them allegory, uh, minorities mm -hmm. versus majorities. And really what it does is it takes this idea of, of mutants and it makes them outcasts of society. And the plot of the film by the villain Magneto is to turn humans into mutants so that they know the pain of, of being ostracized and of being subjugated against. Um, actually not a bad story. Um, it's also an original story that didn't really have any ground in the comics at the time. Um, the problems lie with the fact that the film plays it way too safe. There's 
the action is poor. It's very 2000s wire work. Um, Halle Berry is Storm, enough said. Um, Anna Paquin is Rogue, enough said. Um, and Rogue is just a plot device in this film, by the way, which is a whole other thing. So the film is, I think it's a good first attempt, if I'm being honest. Yeah, like I would put it in good. I agree. Yeah. And actually, now that I think about it, we might be able to get rid of that very good tier because that might be a little redundant. Yeah. I don't okay, think we're going to be splitting hairs of what a good X-Men film is. <laughs> it's <no>. not going <laughs> to be. <laughs> Let me tell you, no one's going to be there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But I think, you know what I mean? Like, it plays it safe. It introduces some some characters, you know, in a, in a decent way. But everybody's played safe, you know, and maybe that's what we needed at the time to build a foundation. But it's it is what it is. And I think it falls there right in the middle of the pack. Yeah. And like this is the first time that you get maybe there's going to be a sequel. Is it going to be an X2? And like mm-hmm. it didn't just happen the next year. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they there took was the, they, some mystery. There was some mystery. There was some thought put into it. And then that leads us to 2003 X2 X-Men United, which is the third picture there. there. Um, okay, so as critical as I was at the top of this podcast, I actually think X2 is a pretty good film. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it's better than X-Men. We talk. Oh, yeah, we know it's, it's at least better than X-Men. Um, the writing is much better. The characters are a little more fleshed out with the exception of Cyclops, played by James Marsden, mm-hmm. who who we did rank as this was his top um, film of all time because he had a pretty, um, he had a small but pivotal role at the end where he had a meltdown over Gene's death. Um, so we gave him big points for that. That was supposed to be a big turning point for the character of Cyclops. Um, but in general, this film is elevated in every way. The action scenes are better. The writing is better. Um, the, whole the world uh, feels bigger. Yeah, it really truly is an amped up sequel. The set piece of um, the X-Jet trying to outrun the fighter pilots and Storm bringing down all the tornadoes was super cool at the time. Um, you know, and they gave us foreshadowing with Jean Grey turning into the Phoenix. Uh, I think this is a good, the opening with Nightcrawler, give me a break. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah, how did I forget about Nightcrawler? Just yeah. the break, the breakout mutant of this film. And then a very worthy human antagonist played by Brian Cox. He plays William Stryker. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great, but possibly an ep- this At the time, this was probably the best comic book film that had ever come out in 2003. This was the best comic book film that had come out. Um, obviously, there's been way more since that are better. And it's still, I will, I will say, maybe the point that keeps it from being epic is it's still way too Wolverine-centric. But at this yes. point, they knew Wolverine made the money. And that's why Fox really latched on to Hugh Jackman and really made him, you know, instead of a team dynamic in the X-Men films, they, you know, they really focused in on Wolverine. And then Storm and Nightcrawler and Iceman and Rogue and Jean were all his sidekicks. Yeah, like um, literally everybody's uh, character arc revolved around, revolved around Wolverines. Yeah. And that's yeah. just such a very, like, pervasive patriarchal male attitude at the time is to appease to the male um, which we do not stand, but everything else about this movie is good. So I think it might be a great TBH. Okay. What do you think? I don't, I don't hate that. You don't hate that. 
No, I don't hate that. And I'm looking at the list, like while we're talking and spinning our wheels, I'm looking at the list of what's left. And I was like, no, it is a great film. (laughs) (laughs) Well, which brings us to the next film, uh, 2006, X-Men The Last Stand. Um, Truly something that's sad and completely hollow and riddled with studio interference. Um, giving us so many iconic characters, but clearly destroying them all and giving them no justice. No justice for Archangel. No justice for Kitty Pride. Um, no justice for Colossus. Or, you know, the only one I think they kind of got off scot-free on is Beast. This is bad, but maybe even give to Disney because they are horrible. <laughs> this this no! film creates so many cardinal sins. It kills Cyclops within the t- first 20 minutes because James Marsden was filming a different film. And they had to get it out for, for Memorial Day weekend in 2006. Um, they turned Jean, Jean Grey's Dark Phoenix into a zombified version of herself, just a silent version of herself. The, the whole explanation of how she became Dark Phoenix is terrible. Um, killing off Xavier in the end of the second act. Wow. Um, everything about this is hurtful. The way that Wolverine leads the team, you know, it should have been Storm. I guess they kind of hinted at Storm leading the team, but this is such a, a bastardized version of of what this film could have been. I can't really think of anything that I like about this film, except maybe the fact that they teased Sentinels in the opening action scene in the danger room. That's yeah, the, that danger room scene was good. Yes, that's the only... And you know what? Like, Rogue getting the cure, Mystique getting cured, Magneto getting the cure, like, just... It was... It's a bad film, Jolie. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't love it. Uh, the other thing that was really great about this film, that, uh, like you said, they just, just ripped to shreds, was that... Um, was we get Archangel and... Or Angel. And yeah, that was so, it. The Angel. Yeah. yeah. Um, even then they didn't do him justice. No. It, w- it was terrible. Like, we got him for... Oh, they just wasted it. Oh. And, like you said, too, uh, Storm. In the press, anything that they ever talked about was how Storm doesn't speak. And then she finally does all kinds of speaking in X3... And, and it's, it's noise. Fucking noise. It's noise. Yeah. Oh, I just, I, I relive in horror the scene where Wolverine is just trying to get to Gene. His skin is falling apart and his body is falling. No. No, you're right. I'm oh. just, I'm shaking my head in disapproval. Like. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> so terrible. I just can't. And, and then, again, studio interference. Oh, people love Nightcrawler. So they gave Nightcrawler all kinds of shit to do. But he was just like a workhorse. He wasn't in X-Men 3. Was he not? No. Oh, I'm, I'm misremembering. And this also speaks to the rewatchability of these that fucking movie. <laughs> so you're probably confusing him with Beast, to be honest, because he's the other blue guy. You could mistake them because they look the same. <laughs> Moving on. I don't want to spend too much time on her. Give her to Disney. This Give her to Disney. Yeah. Speaking of giving to Disney, uh, 2009's prequel film, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Right in the middle there. Right in the middle. Ooh, um, this is the one that leaked. 
This is the one that I actually remember watching this, the leaked version with all like yeah. the the ping pong balls and the green screen and everything. Um, so this one also is a piece of crap. Mm. Uh, the the saving grace of this film is that it does introduce us to uh, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, but then yeah. ends up bastardizing him completely in the final act. Um, it also gives us Taylor Kitsch's Gambit, which I don't hate. I thought I thought he could have had potential to be good, but they squandered it. Yeah, so many people hated Taylor Kitsch's Gambit, but I was I loved it. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe it's because we're Canadian and like he's Canadian and we were just kind of like sticking up for that. But, yeah, sure. He's got sociopathic dead in the eyes vibes when he acts, but who is Gambit really? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I, this one's bad? not good. It's, yeah, I'd say bad. I'd, I'd say bad. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, yeah, it's definitely not X3 bad. Nothing ever is. I mean, Lee, Lee, uh, Lee Schreiber as Sabretooth. Weird choice, but not oh. horrible. Lee, you mean, you mean Lee Schreiber? Lee yes. Schreiber? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where is he? There he is. is he not on that one? Yeah, there, there he is. is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can I tell oh. you? Biggest oh. crush on him since Scream 2. Jesus. Oh, such yeah, a daddy type. That is a man. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, um, the only man we sexually harass here on this podcast is Evan Peters. So, we should move on. We <laughs> should. Um, our next film is 2011. Um, right at the end there, X Men First Class. Which, um, this is a good film. Yeah. This is, Uh, everybody thought it was going to be absolute garbage because, well, look at the two films that came before it. Um, But X-Men First Class is directed by Matthew Vaughn, has a sleek 1960s direction to it, which is amazing. The cinematography, the curves, the cleanliness, the roundness of, of the environments, very sleek. Incredible origin story between Professor X and Magneto, played by James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. Um, they looked out and got Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique before she got huge. Um, this is actually a shockingly solid film. Yes. Um, I would, the only thing about it is I thought the makeup was a little weird. Weird. It made the Mystique look- makeup is poor, and the Beast makeup is poor. Yeah, even January Jones's uh, makeup makes her look old. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. There, I, uh, I don't know why I would, that. I would still call this one epic. It is. I think it deserves to be epic on alone, based on the fact that it was facing a terrible track record. It had a small budget, and they made, they made lemonade out of lemons with this because. It is truly a triumph. The writing is great. The direction is great. The way that they it just kind of not retold, but they were kind of gave, able to give a lot more backstory to, you know, how Xavier got paralyzed and, you know, the, the, the beginning of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. I think I think First Class is a solid, solid film. Yeah. I mean, the story between Zeke and him may not be true or may not be comic canon. Maybe it is. I didn't read a lot of X-Men. It's not. It's not. Yeah, but uh, it still works and it still creates a world where you care about these characters. It creates a relationship that you care about. And I just have to applaud it. Also, right. shout out to using lesser known villains like Riptide and Azazel. 
The OG Nightcrawler, Azazel, so good. Oh, it was just a movie. I remember leaving. I remember leaving the theater and thinking, "Thank God for Matthew Vaughn." (laughs) (laughs) He turned this franchise around because if this was a bomb, the X Men franchise would have been dead. Yeah, this would have been the the third death blow to the franchise. Yeah, and like how. How do you have a movie with James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender and it and it it's bad. This was not bad. This was no. epic. Mm-hmm. It gets points for for having <laughs> momentum not on its side. Um, mm-hmm. okay. So moving on, we have 2013 The Wolverine. Um oh, this James is Wolverine's and- trip to Japan. That's the second one there. there um this one so again, this one has the right to be Wolverine centric because it is a film about him. I don't hold this. I don't hold it against him like I do in the X Men films, where they're also about him. Um, this film, I think, has pretty good writing, especially the first two acts. You're losing me in the third act, where Silver Samurai is kind of a robot, and you know, not for me. But I think this tells a really good origin story of Wolverine's time as a soldier, and it like really plays in the whole. Um, the Japanese Ronin mythology of a soldier and like the point of a soldier is to die one day and Wolverine mm-hmm. can't die. Um, there's actually some really nice mythology in here. I I love the light connective tissue to the other X-Men films where they use Famke Janssen, our girl Famke, um, mm-hmm. as, a, as a, you know, um, kind of like a ghost of Christmas path scenario because this, this film, uh, this film plays both in after X-Men 3 and way before um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. So it's both a prequel and a light sequel. Um, and it's Wolverine dealing with the guilt of killing Jean. And so she shows up as the ghost of Christmas path to kind of torment him, but also encourage him and, and just kind of mess with him, or, or at least his his vision of her. Um, and it's the, the Japan imagery is great. I don't think it's a... Do you think it's a... It could be a great tier. It's it's The first two acts are solid, but the, the third yeah. act definitely kind of loses me a little bit. But maybe it's if it's great, it's definitely worse than X2. And if it's good, it's better than X-Men, yeah. I think right here in the good section. Mm-hmm. What do you have to... Do you have any, do you have any remnant thoughts about that one from your... I just thought... Uh, I just thought, wow. Um, <laughs> wow. This, like... <laughs> It did. It did. It lost me in the second, third, sorry, act. Um, That was right around the time when uh, the comic book syndicate was doing a lot of comics reporting. So we were getting fed a lot of on-screen, like, illegal leaks. Uh, And someone had leaked to me the entire snow-covered set in Japan. And I was just like, oh boy, they are going full comic book. Mm -hmm. And... I, I, I let that sort of shape my vision of what Wolverine was until I saw it. And then I saw it and I was like, is it Silver Fox? Yeah. <laughs> um, not Hugh Jackman, the actual woman he falls in love with, the indigenous character. Oh, God, what's her name? It's not Yukio. Um, that's going to bother me. It, am I wrong? Is there a woman in the woods or was that X-Men Origins? He falls in love with Silver Fox in X-Men Origins, but oh, you would you it. would forgive us for not mentioning it because it was such a small piece of plot. Um, it is, is it Yuki, uh, Yukio? Hold on. So. Oh, it's Mariko. It's Mariko. Okay. He falls so in love with Mariko, but Yukio is his um, is another mutant, like his, his um, basically his Jubilee or his rogue. It's a mutant yeah. with precognitive abilities. 
Um, she can kind of predict the future. Um, she was awesome. Mm-hmm. I no, I, I I agree with where it sits. It was not a better film than it was a better film than X Men. Uh, just because it wasn't like 50 character driven. It was one character driven and they only sort of hit us over the head again. Um, but uh, with like minor Wolverine plot points, a la uh, Ben Parker dying all the time, but <laughs> um, it still lost quote the plot towards the end where it just like, it got, it got boring. Totally. But it didn't, yeah, it didn't totally fall off. So I would put it in a good category because it does not deserve to be in a bad category. <laughs> not, oh, with no. old, not with Origins, no. No, um, okay. Next film, we have at the very end there, X-Men Days of Future Past. Ooh, um, boy. This is an ambitious one, and I think this one actually, the X-Men films are shockingly ahead of their time in the sense that, in, in a meta sense, that they really were the first people to try a connected universe um, you know, between like connecting them to X-Men Origins Wolverine, you know, and having all this connective tissue. And they were also the first film to kind of play with time, time jump, time travel in the, in, um, a comic book film. This film combined the old cast of the original trilogy with the new cast from first class. Um, great writing, great premise, great use of your cast and rebooting. Fantastic idea for whoever thought of that. Um, I think this is a really strong contribution, actually. Um, as much as I despise Brian Singer, um, yeah. the writing's good. My only gripe, really, is that it should have been Kitty Pride that went back in time, like the comics in Days of Future Past, where, for the story of you that are not familiar, but you probably should be if you're listening, is that Days of Future Past is a world where the Sentinels have taken over and hunted and exterminated basically all mutant life on Earth. And there's very few mutants surviving. There's only a handful of them, and they're constantly on the run from the Sentinels. They decide the only way they can change their future is to go back into the past and prevent the Sentinels from a autonomous takeover. Very T2 Judgment Day, um, but this came first. Uh, T2 <laughs> was based on the comic of this. I have to say, this one is probably epic. Yeah, I remember seeing it and going, what the... F-? And then remembering that it was based on Days of Future Past with Kitty Pride, and that's why. Again, are, are they? They're caught. They're catering to the Wolverine loving masses, and they sent Wolverine back in time. Yes, which is annoying. That really um, made me angry. And they tried to make it work within the context and the rules established in the the Fox X Men universe, but it still it rubs me the wrong way as a comic book fan. Um, mm-hmm. But it, this is a good film. The action is good. The acting is good. The casting is great. Or sorry, I think it's better than good. I think it. I think it's better than great. Actually, uh, I think it's better than X Men Two. Rather, I don't know if it's epic, but it's it's either there or one up. But I just don't know where. Yeah, about mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that it's epic, just because this is the first time that they truly were trying to bring us comics continuity, and they like rewrote it in a way that angered me. Um, that mm-hmm. didn't make sense, and even to somebody who didn't read comics. Um, like why would why would it be Wolverine? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's oh, it, that's mm. the only frustrating part, but it's actually a very good film. And there, yes. this one is is interesting because it has a rogue cut in the red there. So there's a different, a significantly different version of this film where Anna Paquin's rogue plays a very big part in the film. 
um, in the future, so you know, with the future cast, the the original trilogy cast that are in the future and not the prequel cast, um, they go on a side mission to rescue Rogue from the X Mansion because the X Mansion is where all these experiments are done on mutants, and they're using Rogue's DNA to uh, implement into Sentinels so that Sentinels can steal powers from mutants that they're fighting. So actually, I actually like the um, the concept better in the Rogue cut because te- it shouldn't have been Mystique. Like they use Mystique as the reason why Sentinels can adapt to mutants, but really it should have been Rogue because Rogue mm-hmm. adapts powers. Mystique only adapts shape, honey. Um, yeah. The only complaint about the Rogue cut is that it feels a little long, but I do, I appreciate the cut. And so maybe it stays in great. Yeah. We appreciate the cut. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Um, Okay. Next we have 2016 Deadpool one. Ooh. uh, mm -hmm. Done. Mm -hmm. No need to explain. Sorry. Right there. Way to save the Fox X-Men universe. Way to bring it meta. Way to save Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Way to just, like, undermine all the crap in the green and blue tier there. Um, I don't think I need to say anything about this one. I think there's no no explanation needed. If you think Deadpool is not an epic film, you're probably a charlatan. <laughs> you're a toxic person. Yep. You're ridiculous. Um, <laughs> this film has everything. Slow motion style, Zack Snyder um, sniping, which is hilarious. Um, I just, I can't, I can't, like, just meta scenes where he, like, talks about his DC career. Like, it's hilarious. It's every, it's everything. It's everything. It's it's so good. And it it makes me almost forgive. It makes me forgive the transgressions like an X-Men Origins Wolverine because it's like, oh, all of a sudden it means nothing. Thank you, Deadpool. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, that was terrible. I, oh, okay. Uh, so right. then we have X-Men Apocalypse. Okay. Okay. So this is where we start to, the cracks start <laughs> to show. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, oh. Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy can't save this one. Um, this is another film like X-Men 3 where they introduce so many epic characters like Psylocke finally has a legit role. Archangel's in it. They bring young versions of Jean, uh, Storm and Cyclops. They have Nightcrawler in it. This film, in in theory, should have worked. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is Fox actually screened this film to critics three weeks before its release because they were so confident that they had a winner on their hand. And it's just like, oh, sweetie, no, this is not, this is not effective storytelling. What is this? What is this green screen Egypt you're filming at too? Like, really? That's Montreal. That's, that's Vieux-Port. I can see it in the background. Like, this is not, this is not okay. The, the effects are bad. The story is not great. And again, they're constantly giving me at this point now, how many Xavier and Magneto films have we had? But now we're we're constantly having Xavier and Magneto's ideologies still to this day. It's like, just get over it and fuck each other already. Yes, um, please. <laughs> I, this is not a good one. No, I, it's I not. Think it's better than, I think it's better than Origins, but that's not saying much. No, and it's such a waste of, waste of somebody who became gigantic Oscar Isaac. 
Yeah. Oh my god, they squandered and that that costume for for Apocalypse where he looked like Ivan Ooze. Oh, come on. <laughs> were we were we ever going to give you an Ivan Ooze? We just did. Okay. The only so, props it gets is I actually quite like Psylocke's costume. Yes. Oh, that's it. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Otherwise, mostly terrible. Okay. Bad. Good. Bad. <laughs> I don't think it's good. Do you think it's good? Actually, okay, yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not <laughs> right? good. I tried to watch it again for a second time, and I was like, I didn't even make it through. It was <laughs> so horrifying. Uh, night, night. <laughs> yeah, barely watchable. Anyway, sorry. Next, <laughs> Not we, have, sorry. we have Logan next. Ooh, old man Logan, based on. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this one. Um. Okay, so this is the Wolverine movie that we've all been waiting for. It is loosely based on the events of old man Logan. Um, and it is, again, just a Wolverine-centric film, which it is true. It is what the masses wanted, but it's also what the comic book masses wanted too. Yeah, it was such a good, yeah, it was such a good story. Um, it, it was like it was like watching a western. Uh, it had all the beats of a western, um, and totally. all the tr- all the trouble of a Clint Eastwood type cowboy. And I would, and again, another savior for the franchise in Foxland. I would put it I would say that it was better than X-Men First Class, but not as good as Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. The acting is great. Wolverine finally gets his ending as a as a soldier. You know, he finally gets to die, which he's wanted to do for years. Um mm-hmm. it's a perfect chef's kiss to this character who he's played for yes. 17 years. Um yeah, and I agree. It's wouldn't epic. You know, yeah, wouldn't you know he finally finds love and it's familial love and he has a hard time going away because now suddenly he is the caretaker to this small girl. But that's that's the heartbreak at the crux of the film. But anyway, I, I would say epic for sure. One of my faves. Epic. Yeah. A real tearjerker. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we have Deadpool 2. I, I'm gonna go and say I like Deadpool two. I don't think it's as good as Deadpool one though, but I like it. No, yeah, I I agree with you. It has all the beats, all the same beats as Deadpool. Um, they offer more characters, so we get uh, Cable, and that's oh my oh, god, yeah. what's his name? Josh Brolin, Thanos. Josh, yeah. Josh Brolin as Cable, which is confusing. Um, and then we also get uh, Zazie Beats as Domino. As Domino, yeah. Jesus Christ. On a scale of one to... Uh, one to is Julia lesbian, I would put her at a would 100% swerve. Like, cheapers. Mm-hmm. Oh, the character design. Do you know what? The character design alone for Domino um, makes this a great film. Yeah, no, it's it's good. And it's funny as hell. Um, I don't know how I feel about the use of Juggernaut in this way. It felt very oh. un-Juggernaut, which is mm-hmm. shockingly irresponsible for the Deadpool sub-franchise because they, you know, as funny as it is, they tend to treat their characters with more respect. But the Juggernaut felt poor. 
Um, You're right. But I think it's a good, like, it's. I think it's more than good. I think it's, like, in the great tier, to be honest. But I just don't think it's as good as Deadpool 1. No. But it's definitely better than than X-Men? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Cool. It sits around there. All right. Ooh. Here oh, we great. Go. We have Dark Phoenix. Mm. Cool. Mm. Well. You can't even give this to Disney. Because <laughs> they well, wouldn't release it. Yeah, well, one, I would, I don't want to give Dark Phoenix to Disney because I don't want another Dark Phoenix story. Yes. I just want, and my team, Emma, maybe I am. Um, but I'm team, I'm team Jean Grey as like a background character. Yeah, I don't, they've clearly proven twice now that they can't do Dark Phoenix. Um and there's there's so much behind the scenes drama with this film, like just so much. And it sadly bled into the finished product. It's not a good film. No, um, I, I will say, though, it's not it doesn't transgress as bad as X-Men three, the last stand. But it, it plays it safe because it knows it's fucked. Um, so it's, everything's very small scale. And like, I would say it's better than than the last stand, but it's it's bottom tier for sure. Oh, yeah. Like the dialogue was, do you know what? I remember being in the theater and going, oh, this is actually a good movie. And then just like Fantastic Four. Ugh. Oh, she who shall not be named. Just like that movie, it's it immediately like took a turn and was utterly terrible. Yeah. Yeah, so, let's leave it there. Yeah. OK. Oh, speaking of terrible. The New Mutants. Truly, we should have reviewed this one, or in the chronology, it would have been up higher. But here is the thing. It kept getting pushed back and back and back and back until no one gave a shit about it anymore. And then when it came out and Macy Williams was a gigantic human woman instead of a small, mewling child. (laughs) um, The only real thing it did was... Let Anya Taylor Joy know, or, or let the world know that Anya Taylor Joy can do a Russian accent. That's it. So give to Disney. Do you know what? Actually, yeah. Keep it Disney. Keep it Disney. Have Keep it. it. <laughs> um, these are characters that, having read the, uh, having been reading Spider Man, uh, on the Spider Cast, I love Cannonball. He's hilarious and. I'm just getting to know those characters because they cross over so often. But like watching this movie was fucking painful. Yeah, I agree. It's terrible. Okay. Okay. Well, that concludes our um, X-Men Fox tiered list. (laughs) We would. It would be terrible if we didn't address the elephant in the room. Harvey Brent's haircut. Oh, she's not a blonde. Naturally, I shaved it all off. I'm doing my Sharon Stone shaved face or my Anne Hathaway. Just I and Les Mis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of patchy and Les Mis, though. But I feel like when you're <laughs> an 18, you know, prostitute in 18, 1800s, you really only have access to straight razors. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um. It looks cute. You're there, I, there's 
You know, I this is the thing though. Um, it's very gray, and it's maybe not. I'm not ready for that yet. So I'm gonna grow back out, so I don't notice the gray as much. But it's very gray. So do with that what you will. But it, this is a. I did it, and we're not gonna do it again for a little while until I've accepted my fate. Okay. Well, if you love it, if you hate it. Um, if you have suggestions, send them all to us at fullvolumepod at gmail.com. You can listen to this podcast and all of our other Comic Book Syndicate podcasts on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, pretty much wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just search the Comic Book Network or Full Volume Pod. You can also watch our beautiful faces talking about nonsense and trash um, weekly. <laughs> every Sunday on www.comicbooksyndicate.com and on our YouTube channel where we drop the video. Uh, Comic Book Syndicate is the username. Um, we are going to be doing Hawkeye very soon. Um, it could get it could get tense in here. So it get weird. It, I feel like it's going to get full weird. Um, no shirts off though, but maybe. Maybe. Uh... We definitely aren't going to parlay our podcasting careers into rock music careers, Jeremy Renner, but we'll explore that too. Um, it doesn't hurt to ever try. Uh, until next time. Wait, no, no. You have been Harvey Brent. You've been G.I. Jolie. And until next time, keep it loud. Keep it at full volume. Bye-bye. Bye.